When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. Hello, and welcome to John Kime's podcast. That's Sam Fortier from the Washington Post. I, of course, am John Kime, and welcome to the podcast. It's a victory podcast for the Commanders after beating the Eagles in a Monday, Monday night stunner. Right? Stunning. Anyway, you can subscribe to the John Kime Report wherever you get your podcast. You watch it on YouTube. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. Always some really good content with guys like this. So, Sam, let's get to it. They don't want to hear any more intros. They want to hear about the game. First of all, the surprise for you with this one. Yeah, I mean, I think that we talked about this week. If they were going to win, it was going to be keeping Jalen Hurts off the field. Right. It was going to be playing, you know, stout defense. Uh, it was going to be possessing the ball and, and running the ball effectively and converting on third downs, which they had not been doing. So for them to come out and do it and do it as well as they did it, converting, I think, almost 75% of their third downs, that was a remarkable showing by them. And and I did think, I think we, like, we knew the blueprint and we knew they could like, I think we're talking like you felt like it'd be a closer game than people anticipated, but could they sustain it? And that was the key. Like, I didn't know. I didn't have confidence that they could sustain it because of third downs. Like the Eagles are obviously really good, but I think we both had a feeling they would be in this game. I kept expecting that when they would have a negative rush or a penalty that they would get derailed and, and things would snowball. But there were even some, they had a lot of third and one, third and two, third and three. But there were a couple even third and eights, you know, that, that Taylor was able right. to to throw over the middle. I think to Terry on one of those slants. So, I mean, it, it's just it was remarkable to me, not just that they were able to follow the blueprint, but that they were even when their drive stalled out, they didn't play perfect, but they still played well enough to win. And, and you know, the defense getting timely turnovers, Joey Sly, you know, yeah. kicking really well. I mean, they, they got this was a full, complete team win. And you can't. Underestimate, you can't understate what Joey Sly meant today. I want to get, I'm going to say one thing about the, the run game and that. Then I want to get to the locker room because that was kind of what the fun thing was tonight. But on the, in terms of the, the third downs, I kind of felt like one of the things that that run game did is it got them into a good rhythm, a good flow offensively. I think it got the offensive line into a good flow. So they were able to protect Heineke in those third down situations to give him some time to throw something they obviously weren't able to do in the first game for Carson Wentz. Did you you agree with that? Do you, what did you think? Yeah, and in one point of the offensive line, I was talking to Charles Leno, and I said, what made this different? Obviously, when you're blocking downhill and you're running to, with that success, like the offensive line is going to feel good. But he said it really does feel like a mindset we've gotten. Um, we, we, we've gotten continuity, right? They went through a lot of changes, a lot of injuries early in the year. They've had the same lineup down. I know they changed Cosme in and out, but he, he really said, like, I think that we're finding our identity, finding our flow um, as a veteran group. And and he thought that that was really could not be understated. And I think you saw that today. 
I think you saw that. You saw with the tight ends too. John Bates help, getting healthy. Logan Thomas getting healthy. Anyways, let's take people to the locker room because that was a scene, man. I, I, I that that scene was reserved for. That was half of a division clinching title celebration. That's the kind of that's the kind of stuff you see, right? I mean, players are dancing, they're singing. It looked like it looked like us on, on a Friday at the end of the, on the week after a long week, right? But it, but how would you describe that scene? It almost felt like you said, like a like a team that had clinched something. It really felt like a team that had made a a serious mark. And, and even some of the songs they were playing, you know, "Take Over Your Trap" by Bankroll Fresh, who I'm sure you were See, listening to. Now here's the thing: this is why I had to bring on Sam because there was no chance in hell I was getting those titles. I was gonna have to sign. I was gonna have to ask somebody just to sign, like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's fine. But that's why I brought Sam on here. And and the, you know when they played "Dreams and Nightmares" in Philly. You know, the Meek Mill song, Meek Mill from North Philly, like for them to have that moment, I, I think is is really huge. And yeah. uh, that was as fun as I have uh, been, you know, an atmosphere that I've been a part of here. And, and you know, it was kind of funny. I spent some time with the offensive lineman because that's what I'm writing about after today's game. And Trey Turner and, and some of the older guys just kind of looked over and they were like, you know, that it was a lot of defensive backs over there. It was Chase yeah. Young. It was it was a lot of the younger guys. And Trey said, you know, that's passed me by, but it's good to see those guys. Get was, after. There was a split in the locker room because there was a one side where the some of the older vets like Logan Thomas, Antonio Gibson, John Bates, the linemen, they're on the other side of the locker room. And it was the it was all the young guys on the defensive side of the ball and some of the receivers who were going crazy with that stuff. Which is what you normally yeah. get from them, right? It's the, you know, Cam Curl and Derek Forrest and Montez Sweat are all, you know, going nuts over there. And it's it's just it's it's it is fun to to see that I think um, especially when you know earlier in the year you know you see those guys get get so down and you know you go in the locker room every day and it's uh, it's a little tough sometimes. I think the other one too that you have we have to talk about is Ron Rivera and what it meant to him and you could see in a post game video of him in the locker room he had a hard time getting the words out. I don't think and I saw him, we saw him during the press conference his eyes are red moist um, after he went the post game after a post game interview with us goes back to the locker room, hugging some guys, talking to some guys. And I saw him briefly and the eyes, his eyes are still red because the whole week that he went through with his mother and just like that emotion of the week was just a bit overwhelming for everybody. And him, again, he buried his mom on Tuesday. That's difficult. And it is a self, then you have to come back and do with all the other stuff. This was an emotional, emotional game for them. And when, him. when he walked out of his press conference, his wife, Stephanie was, was waiting at the back and, I saw her kind of, you know, put her arm, or put her arm around him, and kind of give him a, a squeeze as they as they walk back to the locker room. And, and for Ron, I, I think it's it's not just that he buried his mom, and that is a really difficult thing. But for him to say that she taught him how to compartmentalize, to to lead the troops, to put them first, you know, uh, for her background as as a as an army officer's wife, um, I think it just spoke to kind of what he went through this week, right? With with the chaos coming from inside the house um, and for him to be able to say, Hey guys, like we're not going to worry about that. We're going to go out on Monday night football and be an undefeated division rival. Um, that that's a pretty remarkable thing. And I think a real Testament to something his mother taught him. Why do you think, cause this team, this is not the first time he told us, I think the stat was they're three and oh, and basically these crazy weeks that they've had, they're now four and oh, why? I, I, I imagine that it's, it's part Ron Rivera and it's part, experience with this i mean charles leno said earlier this week you have to be callous to play here you you cannot get distracted because there's always distractions going on 
Um, and, and there's a laundry list of things that Michael Phillips of the Richmond Times Dispatch compiled <laughs> earlier this week. And it, it's almost, you know, there's like 20 things that would that would be huge things that would happen in one year for another franchise. So I think a part of its experience, a, a part of it might be happenstance, but uh, it, it's just remarkable that it keeps happening. And I also think it helps to have guys like Terry McLaurin. Um, oh, by the way, I wrote about him. On oh, no, I, did you? I did. I oh, did. well, I'm glad you haven't told anyone about it. <laughs> I did write about him. It's on ESPN.com. You can go check his journey out. But when you have guys who are that, I guess, mature as leaders, I think that helps as well. And you have, you do have a lot of guys on that, you know, Leno, Logan Thomas, you know, those guys like Logan Thomas may not be the the vocal leader, but he's a strong veteran, right? And I think those same with Charles Leno, like all those guys are like that. And I think that helps, I think, in these situations. Do you think? I think that in the first year and a half of the Ron Rivera era, I got a little bit tired of culture change and talking about the culture and what that meant and just harping on it. Um, but actually, and this is a little bit of a different thing, but when I covered the Nats in 2019, um, they started off really poorly. And I think that some of those veteran leaders that they had in their clubhouse, like, and, and some of the young, you know, and some of the lower key guys, right? Like Howie Kendrick, right. those are the type of guys that when you're going through a tough time, show up to work and they, they, they give that example of, Hey, guys this, like Jeremy Reeves. I mean, seriously. Yeah, yeah, no, seriously. Like those are the type of guys that like, yes, obviously you need your best players to play better. And if Chase Young were healthy, that, you know, would help. And you know, your stars, uh, but in Terry McLaurin being one of those guys and, and Logan, as you said, is, is a huge help, but just when things are, are tough for a team and you have the pillars of your team, just showing up and every day saying, Hey, the way we're going to get out of this is doing the same things that we've been doing. Uh, and, and hopefully the execution comes. It sounds like coach speak, right? And it sounds like it, it's, I feel like it's hard sometimes for people to appreciate the magnitude of that. But when you show up every day and you do it, it's real. I agree. And I bring up Jeremy Reeves just because when you have your the back end of the roster guys who approach it the way he does, I do think it trickles down to others around them. And it's the same, it's the same impact on not just him, but guys like that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's get back to the game, too, because Taylor Heineke, another one where he does, finds ways to pull out. And he did not need the little horseshoe in his back pocket today because he was making plays, making throws, and the guys are open, but he made two tremendous plays that one was an incompletion, one was a kneel down. I mean, what did you think about his game? The biggest thing that Taylor Heineke does, and a lot of it's his mobility, but today it was with his head as well, is he avoids the negative plays. The last time these guys played, Carson Wentz took nine sacks. And when you are consistently, obviously as a bigger arm, but when you're consistently in second and 16 or third and 17, you just diminish your ability to, to sustain drives. And, and while I don't think 
their third down conversion rates today, even though they were third and one, third and two a bunch. I don't think that's sustainable, what they did today. But it is a heck of a lot more sustainable when you are not consistently putting yourself behind the chains. And when you are able to run the ball and not take many losses that way either. Brian Robinson and his uh, physicality, I thought was really impressive. His efficiency on those you know three-yard runs on first down. So I think it's a combination of, of Taylor's specific skill set and his smarts and the team around him that you're just, you know, this is the modern version of three yards in a cloud of dust, what we saw today. I agree. And I actually said that to Lennon Fletcher after the game in the locker room. We are talking about that because he loved the physicality. It was like, this is three yards in a cloud of dust. Do you keep Taylor in there? I would have to say yes at yeah. this point, unless you think that Carson Wentz's arm is could be such a difference maker that you have to go to him. I, I can't imagine taking away the momentum and saying, hey, this guy – who just came in here and did what he did uh, is uh, we're going to move on from him. I, I would say that as JP and, and some other people have pointed out, like Ron could say Carson's finger is a little bit behind the schedule. We don't have to make that choice yet, particularly going on a short week on a road game at Houston. But even if they lose next week, they'll play that players respond to him. Even though I think that Taylor uh, has limitations still, even though you can play a very, a perfect formula game like they did today, I still think he's inherently limited. And Carson, with his arm, uh, probably still gives you a higher ceiling. But you can't. I don't think you can move on from him. And I think when you hear the players talk about him, Terry McLaurin just loves the guy. And he's not alone. And I think you cannot ignore what he means to them if you're making that decision right now. And, it didn't. again, it doesn't mean that one guy doesn't mean that he's the better, more talented guy. But maybe right now this is what they need, especially you go out and win a game like this today. It'd be really hard to then say, okay, we're going to go back to Carson Wentz because now he's healthy. He was like, wait a minute, the guy went 3-1, and one and easily could have been – I would say easily could have been 4-0. Now, he easily also could have been 2-2. Two and two. I mean, but they respond to him. So I think it would be difficult to go back to Carson Wentz. Yeah, and, and one of the things that stood out to me from, from Taylor's game is, is before that last drive, he took – like he took Brian Robinson aside and he like held his helmet and, and he was talking to him. And I asked Brian after the game, you know, what that moment was like. And he was just like, hey, we're putting the ball in your hands and we trust you and you're going to come through with this. And for a rookie on a big stage running the way he had tonight, it's it was that to me is, is a pretty powerful moment. And I think that like that is the example of what Taylor can do for, for these guys. And I think that's a great observation. That's why I like having you on. Two more things. Um, let's talk about Joey Sly. We brought him up earlier. And just, I mean, he had, he boomed the hell out of the one. He got the 55 yard by about a yard. It was pretty amazing yeah. because in warm-ups, I was watching him, and he was kicking the same way that he yeah. kicked the 58-yarder. He tried from 61, and he was like three or four yards short. So when he came out for the 58-yarder, I thought, uh, you know, like this is going to be tough. But Ron's pointed out, you know, when he missed those first kicks of the game in the preseason, Ron said he just gets fired up for yeah. his first kick of the day. And obviously today that really worked out um, in their favor. The 55-yarder obviously as well was – I mean – uh, Nick Sirianni talked about it for the game. He was like, I, I didn't think he had that range. So, I, I, you know, he probably should have taken the penalty, but he declined it because he didn't think. But that's also – you're you're also asking a guy to make a 55-yarder. So maybe he doesn't – you know, but he also, like, they had already – he already made a kick. So he could have known that he had the range because he already made the damn kick, right? So, you know, all right, Nick. <laughs> but, but the other thing – the other thing is then the deep defensive – the turnovers, and they did benefit from a missed call on the face mask, but they still cause a turnover. I know a lot of fans out there said, what about call X, Y, and Z over the last however many years? 
Um, but they did, and but they got the turnover. They had Derek forced the deep one, and they got fortunate on the one where Quez Watkins fumbles too. So what? And, and this game was about the offense and the run game and controlling it. But what would you say about the defense and the, the opportunistic, I guess, ways they had? This is just not what we saw from them for so much of the season. They had one turnover through, I think it was five weeks, something like that. They, this is just not a team that generated turnovers for whatever reason. And, and Derek Forrest, I think, has you know as many picks and forced fumbles as anyone else, everyone else combined. He is a playmaker, and for them to use him in the back end and slide Bobby. McCain to the nickel, which they've done a few other times, you know, this year, but it seemed like he was doing that a little bit more today. Um, I, I thought having Derek Forrest back there in, in center field, certainly that first pick was incredible. Yeah. And so I think that allowing the young defensive backs, particularly Forrest to come out and, and play their game um, really has just led to a, a defensive renaissance. And I will say on that, the interception by Forrest, and I will say for you kids who listen to the keys and predictions podcast, you would have heard. Sometimes it's the details because in that first game, if you remember the Devontae Smith one, Bobby McCain was a little bit out of position. He's supposed to be deep middle, was a good boy on the hash. He's deep middle. He picks that ball off down at the goal line, much more like what Forrest did today. So that's just the details of the game. And it was Bobby McCain's done a nice job this year. But that that particular play, I think you would agree that if you're in the right spot, it's probably a pick. Forrest has a pick. Where do you think this team now, last thing, where do they go from here? They they have to maintain this level. They have showed that they are capable of beating one of the best teams in the NFL, and they are capable of not shooting themselves in the foot. And I think that you have to now sustain this. Obviously, you're not going to probably have uh, that. That's a really tough question. I don't I don't think we know that because they're not going to convert on third down like they did today again. Probably they're not going to have the time of possession. Um, they have a formula. This is the same formula they used for the four game win streak. Yeah. And we saw what happened when Dallas ended that win streak last year by coming out and scoring 18 points in the first quarter. Is this a team that's going to be able to withstand different types of games? Probably not. But can this team, if they keep it close, if their defense is is as opportunistic as they were today, if their offensive line gels, if Taylor Heineke can make all these plays and and they trust their receiver core and they use their personnel really well, I thought they used 13 personnel really well today. Those are the type of games that this team is going to win and there's going to be some opponents where that matches up well, and there's going to be some that don't. How much? How different do you now look at the last seven games because of this win? A lot. I, where was this? Why was this not capable? Why were they not capable of this? I was saying all game, where's this offense been for the last seven weeks? <laughs> <laughs> I tweeted that, and time kept saying that to me throughout the game for some reason. But, I mean, it's a totally fair question. It is. It's completely fair. That's why I like it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, this is – it is a bizarre thing for, for whatever reason they're better when they have more time and it's not just a regular week. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's, that's borne out in, in Jacksonville after the Thursday night game. And, and now, I mean, their game plans have, have worked and they have proven this level. They have to sustain it. Are they capable? That's going to be a really right. good question. And just, and now we're going to end on that one. And what he's talking about too, is obviously Scott Turner calling the game plan. And when he has more time, the game plans have been more effective because statistically, statistically that's what has happened. Give a lot of credit tonight because that was a really good game plan that they called. By the way, you can catch Bram Weinstein and I, the voice of the commanders, Tuesday night, doing some double duty here with this because you're going to get this Tuesday morning, Tuesday night, 7.30, the live stream on YouTube. Come in with your questions, whatever you want to know, and we'll see what happens there. Anyway, I will. Thanks to Sam for joining me. Thank you for tuning in, and I'll talk to you next time.